Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the Hospital Finance Podcast. Right now, we're still looking at the potential impacts of President Trump's budget proposal. And to help clarify what's in that proposal and provide some additional detail around that, I'm joined today by Delisha Pierce, who is the Director of Reimbursement Services here at Bessler. Delisha, welcome to the program. Hi, Mike. How are you doing today? I am great. Thanks for joining us. So, Delisha, let's jump right in. How much are the proposed cuts to to the Medicare program? Right now, um, the what what we've seen the in published data, it ranges anywhere from about five hundred and thirty-two billion to five hundred and fifty-four billion over a period of ten years. Some of the sweeping changes that they have proposed are to uh, involve eliminating Medicare payments for graduate medical education, uncompensated care payments uh, to disproportionate share hospitals. And some of these programs, some of these cuts would be uh, offset with different spending mechanisms, but those are you know, pretty sweeping reductions that they have proposed to, to a plan that takes care of the seniors. They've also talked about modifying the 340PB discount program um, and doing some other uh, changes to the part, the prescription drug, drug programs. And so this, these, uh, the combination of all of these different cuts and they, and you can get these on the, on the web and, and look at them um, are, estimated to be about $554 billion in reductions over the 10-year period, which is, you know, those, that will put hospitals in a position to, to, not only are they struggling now, they will definitely be struggling to take care of the patients in the future and provide additional access points for patients. So, Delisha, there are some proposed changes to hospital-owned physician practices in this proposed budget. Why don't you tell us about those? Thanks, Mike. Yes, there are some proposed changes. Um, for What they're proposing is for Medicare to pay physician practices that are owned by hospitals, and those are typically called hospital outpatient hospital departments, um, and they get reimbursed so differently than physician practices. What they have proposed is for hospital physicians that are practicing as part of the hospital, as part of an outpatient department, to get reimbursed based off of the physician fee schedule. This would save Medicare approximately $34 billion. This would also significantly impact hospital operations and the ability to provide uh, access points and um, call coverage for hospitals and, you know, clearly just to help, it would hinder their ability to to grow the continuum of care. Um, $34 billion cuts to hospitals for these physician services is definitely going to be a negative impact on the hospitals, and I am sure the physician uh, organizations will be challenging this. I've seen lots of literature where the, the hospital organizations and, and American Hospital Association has sent documentation and trying to get CMS to understand the implications of these changes. We know that the opioid crisis is something that governments uh, at all levels in the United States are are trying to cope with. Are there any major funding changes to address the opioid crisis in this proposed budget? 
Yeah, some of the biggest proposal uh, changes and, and additions, it's really an addition to how they want to distribute the Medicare funds, but what they're they're proposing is taking $10 billion to address the opioid misuse epidemic, funding for also to provide funding for prevention programs to assist with painkiller and overdose uh, reversal drugs, and also uh, one of the big things is to provide funding to distribute drugs that can reverse opioid drug-related overdoses to emergency workers so that they can save lives and potentially keep from having extended cost expenditures in emergency rooms trying to basically save lives if they can get to them faster, give them the drug, it should be able to with you know, reverse some of the impact of the overdose. Now, I'm not clinical, so I can't go into the detail about that, but there is there is a definite science out there that if they provide these drugs to emergency um, personnel and they can get, administer them uh, upon, upon seeing the patient um, while they're in the emergency, they can reverse some of the, the dangerous the, and, and deaths, clearly. Okay. So let's pivot and talk about Medicaid uh, for a minute. So were there any proposed changes to the Medicaid program? Yes. Um, one of the things that they have proposed to the Medicaid program is moving from the way that the Medicaid program is funded now and moving it to block grants or per capita caps on federal Medicaid spending. This would uh, tie growth rates for the Medicaid and payment rates uh, to the new system to consumer spending, basically the CPI index, which that is very different. Now, on a positive note, that would give states more control of their uh, funding, but then how are they going to distribute those funds? And currently, Medicaid is one of the biggest payers, specifically in most states, So, and th this gives patients access to care and how are they going to do that? And, and it's kind of unknown how the states will administer these programs. Um, they're not, it's going to be a sweeping change if they move to these block grants. And I don't think most states want the block grants. It seems to be, um, it, it seems to be a cost-saving measure, a way to control the cost. Um, but it it is going to definitely impact hospitals um, because you know, they have a, most hospitals have a large Medicaid population. Sure. Makes sense. Um, so let's go on to, to another area and let's look at some of the proposed changes to Medicare bad debts. Are there any of those in, in this proposed budget? Uh, yeah. The proposal for the Medicare bad debt reductions is to take it from the current payment rate, which is 65 cents on the dollar for a, med uh, for a Medicare bad debt that you can uh, prove that you have done all the collection measures, you've returned it from agency. Um, so right now they currently reimburse 65%. They're, they're, um, the proposal is to move this down to 25% over a five-year, 10-year period. Now, one of the things that we all seem to forget is uh, bad debt payments are subject to sequestration. So currently, you know, the regulation says we get 65 cents on the dollar, which in reality it's 63 cents on the dollar because of the 2% sequestration. So, and, and I don't think that they have made any provisions to give back the sequestration. So really we're going from 63 cents on the dollar to 23 cents on the dollar. And this is a big impact to hospitals because really this is a mechanism to reimburse hospitals 
for the coinsurance and the deductible that the Medicare beneficiaries clearly cannot pay. And they don't pay 100% of it. They, they're paying 65%, depending on who you talk to, or 63% if you factor in sequestration. So it's not giving 100% of those dollars back to the hospitals, but it's at least assisting the hospitals to cover the patients who are, you know, they're, they're elderly patients. They can't afford coinsurance and deductibles. And, and if you follow the rules and regulations, you do get that 63 cents on the dollar, 65 cents on the dollar, whichever way you want to look at it. And taking this away and dropping it down to 25%, that's a, that's a dramatic reduction for hospitals, especially the rural hospitals that need every dime that they can get. So, with that being said, they they proposed these changes, and I think somewhere I read that they were planning on, there was a proposal where they were planning on eliminating Medicare bad debt payments over a five-year period altogether, not just leaving it at 25%, but taking it away at 100%. So th these dollars are some of the ways that hospitals get additional funds to cover for the elderly and make sure that they they have operational, they can cover operational expenses, capital costs, and it is a big number for hospitals. So it, it's not something that you want to see go away, and, and it definitely impacts the, the needy population, which is the elderly. Well, certainly we're just scratching the surface of the proposed budget here, and Congress will have to wrestle with these proposals in, in the days and weeks to come. But certainly they give us some insight into the priorities of the administration. And uh, I think the things you pointed out here today are uh, of the utmost importance to, ho to hospitals. So thank you for bringing those insights to us today, Delisha. Okay. Thank you. If you enjoy the Hospital Finance Podcast, please head up to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a positive review. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.